Hello and welcome to Ascend Higher, the podcast of True Freedom Trust. We're a UK-based charity that holds to the historic Christian understanding of what the Bible teaches about sex and relationships. We provide teaching, pastoral support and conferences, as well as local support groups. Each quarter, we produce a magazine called Ascend, with a range of articles, reviews and personal stories, all dealing with the issues about what it's like to be a Christian attracted to others of the same sex. You can sign up to receive your free copy of Ascend by visiting our website, truefreedomtrust.co.uk. For the summer edition of Ascend, TFT member Jamie recorded a conversation with his close friend Matt. They talked about their friendship and about how that was affected by Jamie's same-sex feelings. In particular, they discussed Jamie's coming out to Matt, the dilemma of whether to share a bed on a weekend away, and how to encourage one another to keep going in their Christian faith. Let's listen in. Hi, I'm Jamie uh, and I'm part of True Freedom Trust and I'm here with my good mate, Matt. Hello, Uh, I'm Matt, I'm I'm one of Jamie's best friends. Uh, Jamie was the best man at my wedding and uh, I've known him for, what is it, 10 years now? 10. 2010, so 12 years, coming up to 12 years. That's crazy, 12 years. We've got our beers ready. and yeah, we're just going to chat about friendship. friendship friendship, as a common thing. Sorry, I'm just going to dream my beer. Okay, so Matt, how did we first meet? Because I think you, you tell this story really well. So much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way we first met was, was uh, one of the, the many ways that, that God brought me back to church. Not that I'd ever lost my faith, but kind of um, not really going to church that first year at university. And um, I remember when Sasha, my, my now wife, my then girlfriend and I were, were travelling up on the train to go to uh, a gig in London. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews Band, yeah. yes. Uh, and um, we, we got onto got the train and then this, this odd guy who just seemed overly cheerful for the occasion um, started wandering by, talking to, talking to us and making some quip about um, trying to find his seat. And, you know, we thought it was just one of those those nice people that you see in life sometimes who who quite happy to ch- chat to people in the public and um, and it's true I do chat a lot to people on trains. That's it's not it's not an unusual thing that I was doing on no. that day. I genuinely do. I've given away Bibles before. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, you wandered off and we thought nothing of it. We thought okay, and never thought we'd ever see you again. Um, in fact, probably forgot about you within the next ten seconds. And then we get to. Thanks, I'm that memorable. Well, yeah, you, you get to got to London, and uh, we we're looking for um, tickets in our, to get the tube. And there was my friend Max, and he'd come up with the um, the singing group from the university, and uh, stood next to Max was that oddball who'd accosted us on the train, and it turned out to be Jamie. And um, that's that's how I first met you. Didn't know you were a Christian, um, but it was Max who, 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 that same friend who said I ought to start coming back to church. And uh, I was a bit bit wary, but I walked through the doors at church, and the first person I see at church was that oddball from the train. And uh, we've been friends ever since, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was my that was uh, the the spring term in our first year of university together. So, yeah. And then I mean we've done Bible studies together. I mean, we went swimming together, we've done student life together, and then kind of, I don't know, lived life beyond that. And I'm godfather to one of her two amazing kids. 
Yeah, so uh, when... I don't know when I actually told you I was same-sex attracted. I've n- I can't actually remember. It must, have been, it must have been second year. It may have been third year, but I'm sure it was second year. Because I remember talking to my dad first. He was the first person that I ever told that I was same-sex attracted. How did that go? I don't think you've ever... I don't think we've ever spoken in detail about actually what it was like telling your parents. Oh, well, we might have done, but um, basically my dad, that I was chatting to him on the phone and... I have no idea what what triggered it. It might have been like one of my housemates had said something which had really struck me and I was just on the phone and I told my dad, I kind of, I I think I'm gay. Um, And he was like totally cool about it. Um, And was just like, Jamie, you know, I still love you. You're like, there's nothing has changed between that. Mm -hmm. Um, Was a different story with my mum who kind of burst into tears. Um, That wasn't the most pleasant of conversations sure. my, my brother was like exactly the same he was absolutely fine um as as my dad um and then i think i started when i was in second year because it was you're right it was in second year right um because i was living not in accommodation at university but accommodation like we have in to, town yeah in, the in, city in town in, in the city of exeter yeah um and yeah i i started telling individual people close friends of mine i didn't kind of go all blase and kind of say here i am that's kind of um what and to be honest like i've always it struggles no it's not it's always been a factor to my life as i've kind of grown up as a teenager like um i just remember sitting next to a boy in history class and just like genuinely really liking him and like no one else in my year group I know kind of felt in the same sort of way or at least if they did they were very camp and that was like completely opposite um, end of the spectrum Um, and that wasn't the case for me so but I I kind of grew up as a Christian and so when I got to university I had already looked at what the bible said um i already knew that um same-sex desires were weren't wrong because we all have desires of gluttony and lust and freedom whatever but actually it's the acting upon it and giving in to those temptations that is the the problem so i i knew that teaching before I got to university I just knew that I needed to be plugged into a church Mm -hmm. like as soon as possible because otherwise I would just get swept up in just uni life in general it wasn't necessarily to do with sexuality Um, and we we did have a good church extra didn't we yeah Yeah, St. Leonard's um, down by the water there it was so it was a really good church where actually they loved the bible and they loved I mean I even remember you like coming and not particularly liking St. Leonard's at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not Anglican by background, am I? But um, no. I, got, I got used to it. And I, I learned to love their, the, love their liturgy. But I, and loving opening the Bible. Yes. Like. Um, but I guess I, one question I've got is, is you hear stories all the time about, about people coming out to their ministers or to their pastors or to their churches. And, and actually the story doesn't end so well for them. So, so was there a fear there that if you if you shared what you were going through, if you shared what you were feeling, that you might be kind of 
ostracized even or even kind of frozen out a little bit of, of church life what what was going through your head what were you thinking i don't know i just i don't think i ever really thought of speaking to chris mm-hmm. the time and i didn't really speak to any you know the associate minister at St. Linda's church who was doing the student work um it was another guy before that but um but yeah chris was the was the key guy um so I mean I I didn't really I'd spoken to church leaders beforehand and they were like okay that's fine we we can pass to you like and just help you talk about it and encourage you to keep going as a Christian um, and re- you know it isn't that this aspect of your life changes who you are before God you are still a child of God loved by him and who wants you to be part of his kingdom Um, but I guess at the same time if we follow Christ there are things in our lives that will need to change because we are constantly being transformed by Christ to Mm -hmm. live for him Um, so I mean I didn't really I didn't feel comfortable talking to the ministers about it, but I knew really good Christian mates that I could talk to about it. And one of those obviously was you. Um, and again, I, I really can't remember that time. I just remember it being... You don't remember the conversation we had? No, what, you... what do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember it really clearly. Because um, I can't at all. We were, we were at the student union on campus and we were at the cafe. I think it's the one on the second floor, might be the third floor. And... Uh, uh, I remember you saying you had something to tell me, and and clear as a day before you before you said your next sentence, the words "gay" appeared in my head, uh, and and then you said, "I think I might be gay," and I think just that split second of having that word appear in my head, I, I'm sure it was God. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit preparing me to hear what you were going to tell me, so that I would react graciously and with love and not with shock um and, and, it, and we'd known each other for we'd known each other about 18 months by, by this point maybe um maybe no maybe, maybe not that long but we'd, we'd quickly become good friends I yeah, yeah um so yeah and i just I, I mean i can't remember anything else after that except kind of talking talking things through with you talking about how um it must have been that summer that you'd you'd spoken to your parents and your and your parents ministry the, the the minister from your old church is what i think you'd spoken to um but yeah but that phrase that phrase you use i think i might be gay that, that's an interesting one i i am um, without mentioning you by name i was then talking to a friend of mine later that week who who is gay and i said i've, I've got a friend who says he thinks he might be gay and uh, this friend said to me when he uses that phrase, he thinks what he means is he is gay and he's just trying to sound you out about what you feel about that. I don't know if you remember any of this. I have literally no idea. No, okay. Um, no idea. Uh, so I, I mean, like, I vaguely, potentially, but I had forgotten all about Okay, I, so I, I then... I so then please tell. <laughs> I then came back to you and I, I said, look, Jamie, this is what... This is what um, I, think, I, I didn't, uh, don't think I mentioned this friend's name to you. Uh, but I said, this friend, this friend said this, is, is this the case? And I think you, you were a little bit more forthright then and said, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm 
uh, it's not something I'm doubting. I think at, at that point it was it, it was clear to me that it was clear to you that you yeah. were gay. So um, yeah, and having that those those attractions and just being really aware is like okay, yeah, yes, that is yeah, def- yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, from then on, I guess my, my question is, did anything particularly change from that conversation? Because I, I don't feel like anything changed between us, but... I mean, it was, it was good to be aware of what, you were going on, what was going on with you. And it was, it, was, it was nice to be able to talk to you about that and to, to get to know you in a, in a better, deeper way and to... Because I think that was part of it was just like me opening up and kind of this you I value you as a friend and I want to tell I didn't tell everyone no. about it I told uh, yeah I mean I think select I think I think I was committed to to saying well this wasn't going to change what I thought about you um, it wasn't going to change the way I treated you I mean obviously in the back of your head you're thinking oh okay Jamie's gay um, but I I was I was committed to saying we've all got stuff going on with us we've all got um, sexual sin as well um, 99% of us do if not everyone um, and so the fact that you were open and honest about what you were going through and the fact that you wanted to say but I'm standing with what I believe the Bible teaches about what is right and what is wrong in this area and I'm going to I'm going to wait patiently for um, the grace of Christ to be at work in me now I'm not saying that that meant changing you but just kind of yeah that you would see grace kind of there was there's no, was no guarantee that that was going to be the case no, I, no no at that time was actually like yeah okay i'm gonna be single like and and, and i remember praying about that like kind of um, it, yeah you've had like i just remember you saying how you've prayed before that you know i i i can't fully get what jamie's going through lord i can't like why is this yeah i mean i never i don't think i ever prayed for for it to be for you to be changed i don't think i ever prayed that you wouldn't be gay but i do remember walking around and pouring out my heart to god and saying um like um i'm really really worried about my friend really concerned that you know i i think by this time this is a few years later i was engaged to sasha i was on that kind of uh, that track for like getting married, having the kids, you know, both of which I've done now, and thinking, was Jamie, was Jamie ever going to experience that? Was was Jamie ever going to experience, or was it always going to be that loneliness? And I, I just, I, I was like kind of in tears for you, in tears for my best friends, thinking, wow, he's he's he is so committed to Christ that he is willing to give up that which I'm taking for granted in my own life mm. that um and and to accept that life of loneliness which is you know and just, well yeah we can we can touch on that later but but but, you, but, you, yeah. but you're right because one of the passages you've always quoted to me is that um he who does not give up no you have to I'm gonna have to paraphrase this well is that Psalm 13 no no, that... no no Jesus he who does not he he who does not give up um um father and mother and brother and sister in this life will not fail to get them Back, I tell, back in this the, life and a hundred times more and, and in the life to come yeah that that, that. I, might, I can't even remember really using that scripture oh, particularly you've, you've used it multiple times have I? yeah <laughs> alright then yeah because um, I yeah and I think I must have 
said that because I had to just keep on holding on to that truth that there is better to come, but at the same time how we have so much to be thankful for in this life of mothers and brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in Christ. Yeah. Um, because I think, so I was giving a talk in a church recently and like I, we've already chatted about um, and how God expects us to be godly, but he doesn't want us to be lonely. Yes. We have a church family and we, if we're plugged into the church, we have a church family who are our brothers, our sisters, who I can be you know, like that uncle to so many kids. I mean, I, like I'm a, I'm a youth worker now and uh, I get to go around to families' houses and chill and, you know, eat meals with them and be mm. with their children and be that positive male role model for them that I don't think that I would have as much time to do if I was married. Um, so I think in the position that God has put me in, that's, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's always been, it's always been hard and it's always kind of been a shadow on, on my life. But God has used it so much. And I, I think, so when I was at, when we were at uni, no, 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 it wasn't. It was when it was we were the year at, after. It was the year after. We, we were both still in Exeter. And we were still both in Exeter. And I was, I was actually, I remember I was, I was living with a couple called Paul and Elizabeth. You had lived with the year before. That's right. Yeah. And I read a book called The Plausibility Problem yes. by Ed Shaw. Great book. And it is a great book because actually, you know what? If you don't have the church and if you don't know who the God of the Bible is, it does seem implausible. Is that the right word? Yeah, English, yeah. It, it does seem implausible I, to live as a Christian. I, th I think what I love about that, that book is that it, he, he doesn't really make the central issue whether you're same-sex attracted, but he makes the central issue about discipleship in the church. And if, if as, as Christians, we're calling brothers and sisters who are same-sex attracted to give up that life of having the, having the spouse, having the kids, having the, the, everything which um, um, people who are straight take for granted, then actually are we, are we expecting that same level of discipleship for ourselves as well? And I think for me, as someone who isn't same-sex attracted reading that book, that was the challenge that came to me, is that what does dis discipleship actually look like? And, and what, is, what does it mean to give up for the gospel? And I think this is, this is one of the things where, um, to kind of bring us back on, on track, our friendship has been really good for me because I've watched you being committed to the gospel being committed to God's standards about sex and relationships and marriage, being committed to saying, um, I'm going to live for Jesus and therefore that means denying myself and thinking, wow, like that is, that is a, a level of commitment and a level of discipleship which I wish I could attain to and which has been inspiring to me. Um, <laughs> I yeah. feel like I've failed on that so many occasions, but I'm, I'm, really, sure I'm really glad that it's been a... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have, like, um, but, but encouragement for you. There's grace, there, but there's yeah, we, we live under grace, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but there's just the fact that you you set your heart and you set your mind to wanting to live um, for Christ and not to live for yourself, which is is, is a challenge to to me. It should be a challenge to everyone, I think. Every Christian who who finds himself in that position um, should be um, is a great role model to someone like me. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, it was like tricky at, at dif- different points in our friendship, you know, because of me being same sex attracted. Um, and we've had, it was only like really recently I kind of actually told you that it was at, at the very beginning of our friendship, there was that sort of attraction to you because you were being such a good friend to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of people in my situation, you can read all the sorts of books and friendship that you like, but actually, if you're attracted to that person, how can you be like friends with them? Um, and so there were just points where that that was my situation. But I think as we became better friends, as we, you know, started to pray with each other, as we mm. started to, you know, be in the same Bible study group as we... Because you led the Bible study group, yeah, second year, second and I, I led it third year. Yeah, so. yeah. And I don't know, getting to know each other. And actually, you know, there always being that sort of brotherhood, we're in this together, mm. that sounds really like insidious <laughs> like we're part of a brotherhood i don't know whether it's insidious. I, I, I wonder whether we're going to start bursting into song or something yeah like, all in this together yeah well yeah i guess i guess maybe not but but the the idea anyway of you know that that seeing you not as someone who is to be sexualized but actually someone who is not only made in the image of God, but who is my brother that mm. I have shared so much of my life up till now. And the fact that the joy that it was to be your best man, like, yeah. and just, I don't like, I was just, um, I don't, I can't even remember when you asked me to be best man, but. I can remember that as well. But, I think it was when, because we, we used to go swimming together every week, didn't we? And I, I yes. it was, I think it was in the pool actually. It was, it was must have been a couple of weeks after I asked Sasha to marry me. So, yeah. Huh. Okay then. <laughs> but like, yeah, just the, the fact that I could share that room with you and then, like we said, being a godfather. Yeah, so, but there were things in my life that I had to put in place to just keep myself in check. Um, so there were points at uni where I would stay over at your house and um, I, just, I, I just remember particularly one night where um, it was out late and it was not good to walk back home at midnight or one o'clock because we'd been playing on computer games for way too long. Probably. Yeah. And how actually uh, I needed to stay over at your house uh, and you offered to top and tail. And at that point I was like, no, no, that would be so awkward. I mean, I think this goes so, back to sort of me wanting to treat you like any other mate, but at the same time, I probably could have been a little bit more well, sensitive. I, I mean, I don't remember, the, I don't remember the, exact, um, the exact situation I can imagine it happening, but yeah, it probably goes back to me wanting to act like it was all uh, kind of, not not ignore the issue, but kind of just say, well, it I'm was, gonna, yeah, treat it was you the same as anyone else. Yeah, yeah, but um, um yeah. I, so I remember sleeping on the bed at that point. Like, um, sorry, it's not the bed. Duh, on the on the on the couch. Is that American? A little sofa? bit. A little bit. Sofa. Is that, is that American? Sofa's fine. Sofa. Sorry, I'm speaking to an English 
student who kind of knows words better than me. But like, even the fact that we were able to, well, I did drama and helped you out with English. Yeah, I should be better with my words. <laughs> uh, we have had half a pint. I'm halfway through my beer at the moment. You've finished yours. So, yeah. Yeah. It's because I've been less of the talking. Yeah, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's why. Um, sorry, what was I saying? So, uh, I would, I, I slept on the sofa on that night, mm-hmm. but then there was a mo- a time. So it after after you were married. So this w- would have been what five years later. It was uh, yeah, it was two thousand twenty thousand fifteen. It was Charles, when Charles got married to Emma. Um, we ended up having to my, my my wife and I were going to go up to the wedding together. Then there was a last minute change of plan because it was her mum's fiftieth birthday. So we decided because I was a groomsman at Charles's wedding that I'd have to go up to that and Sasha would um, go down to her mum's uh, birthday. Um, but that left uh, you with um, like the, chance, How, the, cha- the chance the to come chance. up yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to come to the wedding Because I hadn't booked my train ticket at this point. Not train Pla- ticket. Plane, we flew up. We flew, flew up. up. I didn't, hadn't like, booked anything at that point. So it was kind of, you know, God's yeah. great at that and then, point. And then when we tried to change it into two single... Um, uh, beds we realized we were in student like kind of student accommodation that'd be let out for the summer and um there's no option but to, to kind of top and tail in this double bed together which <laughs> i don't think that i would have felt comfortable when we were at uni to, together but i think again god was really gracious in kind of saying that that was then and actually as a mate kind of and at that moment like i felt like that was absolutely fine but like yeah, I think there was. I'm so I'm so thankful that that was a thing. And the, the worst thing about about sharing a bed with you, Jamie, was that on the last night we had coffee about ten o'clock at night. You've said this before. I can't again. I we can't had, remember this. And you you were you were in the side next to the wall, and you were just running your legs up up the wall like I used to do when I was a toddler. <laughs> like you were just so wide on this coffee that you just kept me awake. But you me. gave that coffee to me. So. <laughs> It wasn't, well, it was kind of my fault for drinking the coffee, but you're not really realising how big of an effect effect it would have on you. What what an effect it would have. But it's interesting what you say about that, um, that kind of, that that thought process that you threw of, 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 um, like, of lust, sexual attraction, having to then deal with those feelings and think that through about, actually, is this honouring to the person? Is this honouring to God? Is this honouring to to, to the body God's given me? Mm -hmm. Actually, because that's something we all struggle with or something I've certainly struggled with in fact like as you as you explain to me and share with me your own story of um, um, feeling same-sex attracted I was I was staggered by by just how closely that story resembled my own about kind of uh, lust and um, and treating women in a kind of a sexualized way wanting to look at things I shouldn't have been looking at, wanting to like look, walk down the street and, and allow that eye to um, just row for a little bit long, like, like, like two or three seconds longer than it should have been. Um, it's, actually the parallels are really similar and the fact that you were able to share with me meant that I felt like he was unable to share some of what I was struggling with with you. And I think that was really, that was really important to me as well, is that, um, that out of that friendship we were able to kind of support one another and to mm. keep one another accountable to pray with one another to because that was the thing we we were praying regularly yeah each each week was that or well, definitely regularly enough that i was chatting with you on the phone and praying 
Yeah, I mean, if not, if not, if not more than that, because we'd see each other every few days, wouldn't we? So we and we'd. I don't remember us ever having, hanging out and not praying together. Um, that was one of the great things about our friendship. Cook, we just cook we just breakfast that as well. <laughs> cook breakfast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we still do. We still do still pray together every every other Thursday morning before work starts. Um, we um, we zoom. now it's interrupted a little bit more with sometimes with Cara, the girls. Cara comes through and says hello to Jamie. Um, but yeah, we still we still talk, talk. I mean, it's only half an hour, but we still talk through what we've got on that week and what's been happening, and we and we pray for one another every every other Thursday. So that's that's something which we've carried on doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just the fact that you were open and honest with me allowed me to be open and honest with you. And I think there's something really important about that in, in friendships, especially guy friendships as well, where we don't seem to be, and the, the culture seems to say that we we don't seem to open up to each other well enough. Well, it just felt natural and it felt right. It, it's that it's that proverb, isn't there? Um, um, as iron sharpens iron, so a man will sharpen man. And there's something about how under God's wisdom, he, he, he brings people together in friendships, um, Jonathan and David, that kind of thing. Um, and in fact, in fact, I think we often, when we do pray together, we often start by thanking God for our friendship. Is that, is that yeah. right? That's, yeah. Like, and the fact that, like you said, we've been friends for 12 years and the fact that, yeah, just that we've shared so much together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's that's a really important that's a really important aspect of our friendship, isn't it? Is that it, it wasn't. It, I mean, in, in in you'll you'll say this. It wasn't. I never I never took pity on you. Our friendship was never me doing you a favour, um, which I think um, some people might f- might think it was or. Um, because we were friends before, yeah. Yeah, at the time. you you weren't but, a, you weren't a ministry project to me in any way. You were someone who was ministering to me as much as I was ministering to them, and doing both of us doing that under God's ministry of grace through the blood of Jesus Christ and the and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's that's is that's what biblical friendship looks like, right? And it should so. be, yeah. Um, so you say you. Um, Tell me about. Well, both of us are in ministry. We, I'm, I work with young people and children and their families, and you are in the middle of church planting, um, right? So, um, has, uh, well, <laughs> has our friendship kind of impacted? You know, obviously with the praying as well. Has that impacted? Yeah, I mean, the way that you go about ministering to those who are same-sex attracted or you know if there's been any kind of conflict standing up for what it says in the bible yeah i mean it's 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 always hard isn't it because everybody's story is so different and like i'm always struck by that whenever i meet people who uh, are same-sex attracted and want to indulge that or even if they're Christians and want to indulge that I kind of think well who who um, apart from the kind of the obvious science in which this is this is what the Bible says and this is what I believe the Bible teaches <clears throat> it, it's hard to say that well my friend Jamie did it so why can't you do it because it's, it's there's more to it than that isn't there I think. and there's a there's a book by Jackie Hill Perry who also has a very different story to me as um, someone who was a les was in a lesbian relationship um but her story as to you know what that mm-hmm. looked like hers is very different to my story yeah. um coming from a non-christian household me coming basically from a christian household 
and, yeah. and so on. Sorry, but yeah, but I think I think I mean what I mean in terms of how far it's changed me. I'm people might disagree with me here. I, I guess I guess it hasn't changed my theological perception of of what I think the Bible teaches. Uh, I as far as I'm concerned, it's it's clear. Um, and I don't know. So I'm, I'm not the most patient person, uh, but <laughs> um. I, 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 I like to think that I would treat people with grace and respect. Now, I say that with the caveat that at theology college, we, which was a place for talking this kind of thing through and having debates, some of those debates were not the most godly, and. I've had to kind of, I've had to, I've, I've had to remember to kind of pull back and to, to learn to be gracious and to even to apologise as I've overset the mm. mark. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's given me much more of a sense of the hope that can come from it, of the actually seeing <clears throat> the tangible evidence of God's grace at work in someone's life who is same-sex attracted, that it isn't just the um, doom and gloom it isn't just the horrible loneliness or the worst case scenario but actually that the, the god of the bible is the god of reality right and, and and the stuff he does in the bible he still he still does today and i really believe and i think your life is is testimony to that and so i think what it's done is given me hope that if you get your your biblical theology right and you do you do the grace and truth thing together um, that you, that there is, it is possible for for Jesus to be at work in someone's life and to and to give them a satisfied and fulfilling life without having to indulge that. Now, did I always express that as succinctly as I just did? No. <laughs> did I always express that with grace? No, um, because, um, like I said, I'm still learning that and still still working on that. But I think there is one one bit. Fairly recently, it probably would have been a year ago when we were still in lockdown. And I remember you deciding to pass up a job because the congregation wanted you to uh, bless marriages that weren't part of an orthodox understanding of what scripture says yeah yeah so and, I, I and and the reason why i bring that up was because actually you doing that really encouraged me as your friend who was striving to like to to live out my life as this committed person who wasn't going to indulge in same-sex attraction and the fact that you stood your ground for people like me who are trying to live out godly lives mm. if that does that it, it that does yeah I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen like that yeah I, I guess I guess I guess I was I was standing my ground on what I on what I felt to be right what I felt God had called me to be could to do in and and to say no here um but I I, I guess I mean I, I remember someone putting on Facebook once that um they wished more pastors would put their head above the parapet and and take a stand on this so that those christians who were um same-sex attracted but committed to um to not not going forward with that would actually see that they're in, any, in any sexual relationship yeah sure but yeah, but, yeah. but that they would see that their ministers and their pastors were getting were also standing firm but also 
willing to take flack from the world, to, to miss out on job opportunities, to, um, to have to perhaps take a different path than the easy path mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the gospel. Um, yeah. Because so. I, I have another friend who basically was, and I, I talked about this when I went to this other church, I had a friend who, or have a friend, who um, when I spoke to her about me being same-sex or attracted, she basically said, sure, I don't really care. I love you in the sense that, you know, I, I, I think you're a great friend and I think that you can do whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. But actually her saying that was really hurtful because I was trying to live my life in line with what scripture said which again we both very clearly think it's marriages between one man and one woman but the fact that this friend who is absolutely lovely person and I think she was saying it with love that was actually a real kick in the teeth for me interesting who where she basically said I don't I don't see a problem with it so go and live not as what the bible says and that was really discouraging at that moment in time. But what you had done was so encouraging. And I'm really glad that you kind of held your ground for that. That actually made such a huge difference. Um, That's so really interesting. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought that um, someone saying that they, they didn't mind what you did with it would be it to use your phrase a kick in the teeth I mean it's quite that's quite a strong phrase to use I mean it, it is like, maybe that's being melodramatic I don't know well it's, I it, don't know you, you, you it chose felt, it it but... felt rubbish at the time yeah but that's interesting because it's, it's I, I would have, I would have assumed it would have just been like a, oh well this person doesn't quite get where I am but to actually describe it as a kick in the teeth and for it actually to, to be a downer rather than just something which you you can pass over and say okay that's not the person I need to help me that's, that's really interesting um, I, I hadn't considered that is that because is that and just to kind of to, to borrow some phrases is that because you were trying to live out your authentic life in, in yeah, quotes. Yeah, yeah. you were know. trying to live out your authentic yeah. life well, and I they mean, didn't quite their 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 idea this person's yeah, idea so of I authenticity was, was which was a particular narrative which the world was telling her mm-hmm. didn't quite match up with yeah with what i think it was you were trying to say her perception of what it looked like for me to live the best life possible. In All right, Oprah. Was to <laughs> what? All right, Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, whatever. Um, was to be okay to be sexually fulfilled in mm-hmm. a same-sex relationship, and that was how I would be happy. Because I think that was the word she used was to. I want you to be happy, um, which I understand the sentiment, but at the same time, I know that this life is not going to, it is, obviously mm. there are going to be struggles when happiness kind of comes and goes, but our joy comes joy. from the Lord. Um, which is how we named Kara. Yes, you Cara, did. Kara, New Testament word for joy. What? We want her to know the joy of her salvation, the joy of the Lord. Comes, yeah. yeah, is yeah, yeah. our strength. Uh, and so, my friend thought that actually for me to be happy that was what i needed whereas actually what it means to be a christian is to follow christ to put him at the center and Mm -hmm. know that or sure i may miss out on sexual 
satisfaction in that sense, but looking ahead to the greatest marriage in the future to come um, of Christ marrying his church and that I'm not missing out on that mm -hmm. just as much as anyone else. And I think that's something that Ed Shaw kind of picks up in his book. Um, but actually the most authentic life is to follow Christ and for him to change and transform. And, and so our friendship and the fact that, again, you took that stand, which I strove for. And she understood, you know, she, she goes to a Bible-believing church, but that obviously has, hasn't matched up with her experience. Mm -hmm. and I kind of get it because it is... You, you it is countercultural, but as Christians, we are called to be countercultural. You, you kind of want to say, you know, I'm, if, if, to, to, to put myself in your position, kind of, I'm, I'm same-sex attracted. Um, so if you really want me to be happy, point me towards Christ. If you really want me to happy, minister his grace to me. If you really want me to happy, show me how I can find that happiness by denying that, or joy rather, by denying myself, mm -hmm. picking up my cross and following him you know it's 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 basic parables isn't it you know the, the the man who found um the pearl of great value went and sold everything else he had so he could buy the pearl or the or the man who finds the treasure in the field sells sells everything he has so he can buy the field and, and dig up that treasure now we have such a hard time believing it we have such a hard time kind of realizing that on our lives gay straight whatever um and yet that is that's the gospel isn't it jesus jesus knows when he's when he's on his way to jerusalem that he has to he has to go through this really horrible terrifying thing but he knows that on the other side of that is is his joy his his pearl of great value is his um being lifted up to the side of the father and glorified and he he promises that it isn't just to deny yourself for the, the sake of being a puritan and, and, and it, yeah, this is—it's—it's it's, it's a real sense of there is something better coming, and yeah. Jesus is the only one who delivers that. Will we trust that or, or not? And I guess this is sure. This is one of the things that I don't think is kind of going away. Some people that I know it—it it, it does, go, but actually, no. This is going to be an issue of my issue. I don't—I don't like using that word. I don't know why I—why I just said that because mm -hmm. it's just part of part of who I am that 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 is just a, a thing for me um, but there are other things in people's lives that they also just need to work through and pray through with the Lord to keep them focused on what mm -hmm. is to come um, because nothing's perfect in this world um, cool like is there is there anything more that you would like just to say <laughs> just to say like I've, I've enjoyed this chance to kind of just talk this through really really specifically obviously we, we talk all the time and um, and it's not like our lives are like it's not like i'm always talking about this no but that's, but that's what i mean like we, but, we we've we've talked we've talked about this we've talked about other subjects we've talked about our friendship we've talked about our friends and it's nice to have some focus time to kind of put all this on the table and to over a couple of beers just um talk about life and to talk about talk about the grace of god in this relationship over our individual lives and our hearts over our over our families over our our work and our ministries um mm. and just to, and just to acknowledge that ah, jesus really is faithful like one of the, one of the um the psalms I've, I've been teaching cara recently is 
in in her children's Bible. It's it's God's word is true, and everything He does is right. And, and it really is true, isn't it? Like that, that when Jesus spoke, what He said was true, and everything He does is right. And He still continues to speak truth and to do what's right. Um, and I think there's just hope there. And mm. he, he 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 brings that to us in so many different ways, whether it's, whether it's through the Bible or through a worship song or through an inspiring poem. But I, I think one of the major ways that he 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 brings his truth and his grace alive to us is through our relationships, is through our friends, is through our, our spouses, is through our, our pastors, our Bible study home group leaders. And, and seeing that lived out, because it's so much... You can read, again, you can kind of read the Bible, but actually seeing it worked out in someone's life yeah. is so, makes it so much more tangible. Um, yeah, I, I was just trying to think of the, because I remember one lady from my old church who said to me um, in quite a prophetic way, Jamie, you need to hear Psalm 13. And Psalm 13 has always stuck with me um, as an important psalm which says um, uh, David who is crying out to the Lord and not really knowing why where God is he says to God at the very end but I trust in your unfailing love my heart rejoices in your salvation I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me and it's very easy to kind of weep and wallow in like our different circumstances, whatever they may be. But actually, God has been so good to us, particularly, obviously, in Christ and following him and knowing, obviously, where we are to go, but also having life to the full now that actually the best life is to have him at the centre of everything. Um, and I trust in the Lord. Ah, and uh, like, I just love that song because I'm a singer anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. Um, and that psalm has just kind of has, has stuck with me. Um, so great. Thanks, Matt. It's been Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Joy. <laughs> we look forward so, to many chat. more decades of friendship. Together. Many more. My thanks to Jamie and Matt for their willingness to share about their friendship over the last 12 years. I hope you've been encouraged as they've been open about some of the awkward moments as well as the encouragements. You've been listening to the Ascend Higher podcast. For more information and resources, do head to our website at truefreedomtrust.co.uk or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for listening and bye for now.